Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Yeah, this man. Yeah, so stoked. So proud of this guy. Yeah, that's right. You can stand. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Even Patrick in the back. You see him up there? He's, he's raising the roof all the way. Yep. We love this man. We support this man. And so this guy, I'm so excited for tonight. He has had one of the most, well, both these men actually have had some of the most radical transformation I've seen from the gospel in somebody's life. Seriously. Like, I, ironically, I met both of them in a prayer group we used to do up there. Both of them at separate times walked in and looked at me like, y'all are crazy, right? And so both of them had separate times where they're like, I don't know about this. Like, this is kind of weird, right? And then both of them made the choice, though, and said, you know what? I'm going to stay, and I'm going to see what God does. And now they're preaching to us, and I'm so glad they stayed. I'm so glad they stayed with us, all right? And so, so please, I want to hear all the yes and amens tonight as you're in preach. I want to hear you guys supporting him, getting some heavy revy tonight, okay? Let out, like when you taste a good, a good piece of steak, you go, mmm. No one eats a bit like an amazing filet mignon is like, Right? No, there's no way, <laughs> right? No one does that, right? You Come on, and if you can give that for a little piece of food, how much more like the word of God coming at you, right? Okay, and so, so anyway, let's pray for Joel right here. Lord, I thank you for Joel. I thank you uh, that as he talks tonight about the necessity of purity, God, that he is actually, um, that he is, he's, Okay, I'm distracted. <laughs> Hold on. All right. So, but I thank you, Lord, that he lives out this lifestyle, God. Uh, he lives it out, and he has become an amazing pure man who his thoughts and his words and his heart all align with what you're telling him to do, God. That he is just unhesitatingly obedient to your word, God. So, Father, tonight I ask that you would speak to him and through him right to our hearts, God. And we say we are open, we are ready, we are eager to receive what you speak to him to our hearts through him tonight. Thank you, Lord. Bless him in your name. Amen. Take it away, bro. You got this. Amen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. How's everyone doing? Great, great. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. So when preparing this message, I really, I was asking God what he wanted to speak about and what he wanted to release. And I just kept hearing clean hands and a pure heart, clean hands and a pure heart. So this verse out of Psalm 24, verse 3 through 5, who may ascend the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And I felt like God wanted me to talk about purity tonight. So tonight I'm going to be talking about what purity is. I'm going to be sharing a little bit about uh, my story and how God really brought purity in my life. You know what? Let me start my timer. Excuse me. How God brought purity into my life. Um, How we can walk in purity and why we should walk in purity. So right off the bat, when we say purity, might, you know, a lot of you might think of a bunch of different things. I'll start by saying purity is not just abstaining from sexual morality or avoiding premarital sex. Purity is really trusting and loving God with your whole heart and refusing to compromise. That's really what I'm touching on tonight. And the point that I'm really going to be driving home is that living a life of purity is an absolute joy that's worth any sacrifice. That's, that's, that's the word for tonight. It's the word for tonight. It means you're willing to trust him with all your heart and make certain sacrifices for your greater good and his greater glory. 
and yeah, just trusting him every step of the way along this path, along this walk of faith that we're on. So we'll start with a little bit of my story, my testimony, and how I got here, how I got here. Eight years ago, I was a drug addict and an alcoholic. Eight years ago, 2010. Yes, I was. Um, I worked part-time at Pizza Hut. I lived at home with my parents, and every day pretty much consisted of me waking up in the morning, smoking a lot of weed, getting really high, going to work, drinking on the job, getting off work, drinking a lot, blacking out, going to sleep, waking up, repeat, doing the same thing. That was my life. I worked 15 hours at Pizza Hut, 15 hours a week, um, three-hour shifts, and that was it. I was really depressed. I hated life. I was really insecure. I was angry. I hated the world. I didn't like myself. I didn't have a lot to live for. And honestly, in all that, I, I didn't fear death. I, didn't, I couldn't see past tomorrow. I didn't have any hope. I, it was always chasing the next high. It was, also, it was always just maintaining, just, just trying to get this monkey off my back, constantly clamoring in my ear, trying to, you know, wanting me to get high. I uh, know, I hate him. David hates him. <laughs> it's true. That was my life. That was my life in 2010. I was a mess, a reckless mess, absolutely. Um, insecure. Yeah, I didn't care if I died in my sleep while getting wasted because... I knew that I, I didn't have a lot to live for, or so I thought. I didn't have a lot to live for. I, I Screw it. You know, I don't care. That's where I was. That was my life back in 2010. Until one night, until one night at a divine intervention where God changed everything. Everything changed. One night, while I was in my room skimming through the channels on TV, I decided to watch, to stop uh, on what looked like a pastor on TV preaching from a pulpit. I was actually high at the time. I just smoked weed, and I was watching TV, and I stopped on this pastor while I was stoned. And I, I just started, I just, you know, I was like, okay, let's see what he has to say. And God started to speak to me, and something changed. And I couldn't explain. I didn't know what was happening. Tom knows the story. I didn't know what was happening. Um, I just knew that it was unusual. It was miraculous. It was supernatural. Something was happening. Something or someone was speaking to my spirit as I was watching this guy on TV. And I was drawn in. I loved it. I couldn't explain it, but I was like, like, I, I've never heard. Him talking about the Bible and Jesus, it went right over my head. But I was like, I need this. <laughs> I need this. Like, my life sucks. My life is a, a, it's just, I'm in a hole, a dark hole. My life sucks. And from that time on, I started... Uh, ordering, I started watching, t watching that guy on uh, channel 31, 1030 at night, every Saturday night. And I started watching TV, watching him on, uh, on this channel. Like low quality, low video, low audio. Just, just, <laughs> just watching him preach the word. <laughs> and I was still getting high. Still, still token up. It's true. It's true. And so eventually I started ordering the audio CDs and listening to those. Then I ordered a Bible and started reading the Bible. And six months later, I went to that church. And this was the beginning of my walk with God. That's how it all changed. Uh, as, yeah. So as time went on, as time went on, God really just started to remove certain things from my life one by one. He couldn't do it all at once or else I would have fell apart. I would have fallen apart. Uh, so one by one, he took things out of my life. And I remember, I remember each the process of, of, the, of going through that, of him removing toxic sins and toxic things in my life, um, really cleaning up my heart and, and um, helping me become more pure-hearted. 
I broke. I stopped smoking weed, stopped drinking, which is really hard. If you have a monkey on your back for five years and then throw that monkey off for good, cold turkey, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Stopped smoking weed, stopped drinking. I broke away from my old group of friends because I knew that I couldn't hang out with stoners and drunks and try to do what the Bible says and try to follow, follow Christ. It, wasn't, it, it couldn't happen. It was too hard. So I broke away from them, got a new community, a new, new group of friends, um, broke away from my old friends. Then later on, I felt convicted and compelled to stop watching certain TV shows like South Park and Family Guy, which sucked because I, <laughs> I thought it was so funny. And I would just, I would just, I would just watch the watch these shows and just crack up, and and then I just felt I just felt convicted and compelled to. I was like, I can't do it because I knew that I couldn't. That what I was putting in my eyes and ears wasn't conducive with this new life that I was trying to live. I couldn't I couldn't be a new man in Christ and just watch this junk, this junk on TV. <laughs> so I cut that out. I stopped cursing. I cleaned up my language. I cut it out. I, cut out, I, cut, I cleaned up my language. Um, I stopped cutting people down. I stopped making fun of people. I just, I just changed the way you know, I acted. I changed my behavior. I had to. I broke up with a girl and got out of a really dysfunctional relationship. And that was, that was they, yes and amen. Just, just days, just hours crying in my mom's bed while she was sitting next to me, just, just alone. Just looking at my phone, zero texts. Like, after, after years of just such close connection with this girl, but I just felt God, God leading me away from her and, you know, asking me to, to break it off. So I got out of that. I forgave people who wronged me. I chose to overlook people's faults and how they've hurt me. I chose to overlook my enemies. I chose to, you know, forgive the people who bullied me. Forgive the people who were just jerks. Then about three years ago, I cut out secular music altogether from my life. Now, I will say that this is not, I mean, it's not for everyone. It's not necessarily in the Bible. It's not, it doesn't mean you all have to do that, but God specifically told me to do it. He told me to, to stop listening to a particular band because I was really idolizing this music, and I had more love and devotion for this music than I had for God. So he, he, he told me to cut that out. I did so with tears, unopened DVDs and CDs, throwing in the trash, sobbing. Yeah, yeah, it, it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard, and it still is really hard not listening to that music, but I cut that out. All this to say, guys, slowly over the years, I cut out these things, these toxic sins, these things in my life that were hindering God's work and God's love inside me. And after all that, purity and character was built in the process. So today, I can say today, I'm able to hear God pretty clearly on a daily basis. I actually feel his presence in prayer and worship. I can, right 10 minutes ago, I was feeling God. The God of the universe. I can feel him. I couldn't have done this when I was getting high. <laughs> the most. <laughs> I actually feel alive and happy and, and, and good in my community. I, my, friend, my, my relationships with people are better than they've ever been. I'm more happy and confident than I've ever been in my life. From those eight years, back in 2010, I'm more happy. And, it's true. Amen. Amen. Amen, Joel. Amen. And... Over the years, God, I've had real encounter, guys, I've had real encounters with God that have just blown my mind and seemingly pushed the borders of reality into the realm of heavenly, incredible, and fantasy-like. I've had encounters with God that are fantasy-like, like supernatural, mystical, 
like the heavens part, crazy, crazy stuff. I couldn't, this wouldn't have happened if I was still dealing with all that junk, if I still had this junk. All that to say, living a life of purity is an absolute joy. It's worth every sacrifice, every sacrifice, every bit. So guys, that's a little bit of my story. That's a little bit of what I've come out of. Um, now I want to break it down real practically in terms of how we can become pure. So how do we do this? First and foremost, we become pure and stay pure by reading the Bible and doing what it says. As simple as that, sounds elementary, but man, we need it. Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with my whole heart, with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So the psalmist writes here about how the pathway of purity is accessed through obedience. I couldn't have broken away from this old toxic lifestyle and made the right decisions without reading the Bible, without consistently studying it, consistently meditating on it, it transforming it, washing over my mind and changing my willpower and wanting to do something different, wanting to live a different life. It wouldn't have been possible without the power of God's word. It wouldn't have been possible. <clears throat> I broke away from my old toxic lifestyle only, well, that was a huge part of it, reading the word, meditating on it. Second way we can become pure, Now I know there's a lot of ways with all the, I mean, we can, you know, there is more than, ju than just this, but for the sake of time, I'm only touching on a few. Um, keeping ourselves in a community of believers, of faith-filled Christians, this will transform your life, this will put you on the path of purity and keep you on it. Matthew 18, 20, this is so good. Where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Constantly being in Jesus' presence changes us. So right now, the fact that we're right here, or we're at Denny's, or we're at In-N-Out, let's go to Denny's, or we're, at, or we're ice skating, or we're hanging out at the movies, Jesus is going with us, wherever we are. Where two, where two of us are gathered, Jesus is there with us. It's impossible for you to stay in Jesus' presence consistently for that long and not be changed. You will be transformed, I promise you. <laughs> this is Joel promising you, I, it, it'll, it, so does the Bible. It happened to me, it'll happen to you. Your community will call you up in higher places with God. Your community will challenge you. They'll correct you. They'll inspire you. They'll influence you. Your life will be changed because of your community. You can't do, you can't do Christianity. You can't walk with God alone. You need people. Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Like I said, we, we build each other up. We inspire each other. We challenge each other. We correct each other. This is only in a community, only around friends that, that we can do this. So I've talked about how we can walk in purity, but why? What's the point? Why do we do all this? Why do we live in purity? First and foremost, <laughs> if you guys can walk away with anything, please walk away with this. It brings you closer to your, to your God. It brings you closer to God, and this is your original purpose. This is your original design. Why are you on this earth? Why are you living here? It's for intimacy with your maker. Psalm 24, verse 3 through 5, again. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. And that's Psalm 24, verse 3 through 5. By us living a life of purity, we'll experience the pleasure and the joy of closeness with our God, with our loving Heavenly Father, who wanted that from the start. And that's, again, that's why we're here. True intimacy with the God of the universe who loves you more than anything and who will forever love you and take care of you is the purest, most full form of joy that the human heart could ever experience. One more time. 
true intimacy with the God of the universe who loves you more than anything and who will forever love you and take care of you is the purest, most full form of joy that the human heart could ever experience. It's true. So true. Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And that says it. With God there's fullness of joy that the human heart has never, ever experienced in anything else. Only with God. Second point, second part of why we should live in purity, it allows us to be used by God and to fulfill our calling. You can't follow the will of God and have junk in your life. As simple as that. It's really hard to walk, to walk where God has taken you, walk in a walk of freedom when you're carrying around, you know, chains and weights and a, a backpack full of sin, <laughs> if I can say that. It's going to be really hard to do that. It won't be possible. It's going to be much harder to take steps of faith in where God is calling us to be um, when we're wrestling with sin, or when, when we're entangled with sin. It won't be possible. Last part, why we should live in purity? It benefits us in our relationships with others. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It benefits us in our relationships with others. We are the best version of ourselves when we're walking and living in purity. Best version of ourselves. Proverbs 3, verse 3 through 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Not only with God, but with people. Purity is attractive to people. Purity is attractive to people. When you're walking in purity, when you live a life of purity, you are more attractive. Your character, the way you are, people will naturally gravitate towards that because it's God's original design. God is good. People are attracted to God. When people see God inside you, when people see the purity of God inside you, it, it's attractive. They, they wanna be, people want to be around you. God says that when you possess love and faithfulness, which are components of purity, you'll have favor with him or favor with people, and God will favor you. You'll also be more attracted to the opposite sex, and it will help you in your dating life. It will. It will. Like I said, I went there. You better go there, of course. <laughs> when, you're attra- <laughs> when you're attractive, when, when purity in your life is attracting people, it's going to attract, attract the opposite sex. Amen. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, guys, all that to say, my life has not been the same eight years ago. The Joel, the Joel that stands here today, the Joel in 2010 would not have ever imagined that I would be even talking about this. At Summit Church, with this mic in my hand, with an acoustic guitar, singing to you guys, talking about God, this wouldn't, no, that's crazy. That's, that's nuts. The drug addict, the, the insecure, lonely, depressed, medicated, with drugs and alcohol. I, I couldn't have done it. I, I I wouldn't have thought that. No way. Not this guy. My life has not been the same because of the steps, the sacrifices that I've made and the steps that I've taken in this walk with God on this path of purity. So same goes for you. And not that your life is as jacked up as mine was. (laughs) But by staying in the word and community, you will grow so much closer to God, first and foremost. You'll be used by God to change the world one person at a time. Your relationships with others will be blessed. And I can honestly say that out of all that, purity is an absolute joy that's worth any sacrifice. It's worth it all. It's worth it all. It's worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it. It's worth it.
like to invite up David now. Looks like I just inherited Joel's notes. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> I'll get it later. You just, I don't know what that was, dude. We'll talk about that later. Um, so is there anything that I even need to add to that? I mean, guys, that was amazing for Joel. I mean, I know y'all been clapping a lot. I know you're wondering what the heck was that. Don't worry about that. Let's just clap for Joel one more time, and let's just honor the gift inside of him. I got to say, when I first got saved in high school, I started preaching, and I've been preaching my whole life, and that's some good preaching right there. <laughs> I recognize the gift inside of you, Joel. I recognize it. And so if I could say just three words to you guys tonight, the three words that I would say is, we need you. And tonight we're talking about the necessity of purity, and I think amidst that, it's so important to realize that we need you, we need each other, and we need community to get through this thing. So I say on behalf of Crux as a leader, we need you. I say on behalf of Summit Church as a full-time employee, we need you. <laughs> you play such an important role here, and you matter. And I say as your friend, I need you. And I do know all y'all in here right now, so <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need you guys. So here's my main point tonight. This is the thesis, okay? You are important. We need you because we are the body of Christ. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> because we are the body of Christ, and there is something unique your gift adds. And our friendships slash connections are indispensable in reaching our destinies. So there's three things that I'm going to be going after tonight. We are the body together and only together. I can't be the body by myself, trust me. Okay, and then the second thing we're gonna go over is that your gift actually uniquely adds something to the dynamics in the community. And the third thing that we're gonna go through is that our friendships with each other, our connections that we make here are indispensable. What is the number one thing that people with money are willing to pay more than anything for? Connections, networking, relationships. That's what people do that have all the money in the world. Not because it's a cherry on top, because it's the most valuable thing. Get your chills now. Okay, so the first point is we are the body together. I don't know, that was crazy. So we are the body together. So why do I bring this up? Why do I bring community up in the context of purity? What I want to say is we don't have time to live in compromise. <laughs> you know what Joel was just talking about, how you get to be the best version of yourself? I think Joel is a genius. I think that was a great message because to me, there's a burning in my heart. If I'm dealing with this monkey on my back, if I'm struggling with all this stuff and just trying to get over the lust issue, I'm not going to be a resource to my friends. I'm not going to be able to process with them to the degree that I need to. I'm not going to be able to pray and prophesy over them and hear God the way I need to to be there for them. I don't have the emotional or physical resources to feed the demons and addictions that I'm battling. It's too expensive. I have to sacrifice way too much to keep hiding my lust problem. I have to sacrifice way too much for the alcohol. It's actually pretty expensive from a monetary perspective, right? <laughs> and in the words of Pastor Andrew himself, alcohol is only a solution, chemically speaking. 
<laughs> it doesn't solve your problems, right? As we saw with Joel. <laughs> there was like a trial and error thing right there. It's like alcohol, it doesn't work, you know what I'm saying? It's actually expensive to feed the addictions that we have inside of us, and even more expensive to hide them. And ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> what I want to say is something that I wrote that I think was truly profound. It says, the more that I am focused on anxiety, the more that I'm focused on darkness, the less willing and able I am to support and help with what you're going through. This is not just to make you feel bad about your life, but like Joel said, pursuing purity turns us into the best version of ourselves. Quote, but I would take it a step further and say that you're only really yourself when you're living pure. That's only the time you really get to be you, that you get to be who you really are. And we need you to be you. All those burdens that weigh us down and they just muddy the spring, that spring of water that's flowing out from within you. You know the prophetic words in the stream that you're sharing with people? That gets muddied with compromise. So we are the body of Christ together. Bible verse, Romans 12, 4 and 5, it says, just as our bodies have many parts and each has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other, okay? And so we're going to move on to the second point, which is your gift adds. There is something unique that you add to this dynamic, to this community, that is awesome, we just read Romans 12, 4, and 5 about how we're all one body, how we're linked together, and that means that your function is needed. That means that other people, they don't do your function. You do your function. You do you. If you're not yourself, there's no one else on the planet who can even try to be you. <laughs> you're the only one who can do it. So just be you, because when you try to be someone else, you're not even good at that. I'm sorry, but <laughs> you're good at being you. So why don't you stick to that? Because being you looks good on you. You know what I'm saying? I've seen some of y'all, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you look good when you're you. Okay, I want to consider, I don't know what I'm writing anymore. Okay, I can't handle this right now. I can't, I just can't, you know, go over there with that thing. Okay, so what I want to say is that Jesus Christ himself in the Bible, it says that he has one body, right? And sometimes we're like, oh, that's so cool. We get to be in unity, right? Boom, Jesus has one body, you know what I'm saying? One body, that means when Jesus wants to do things on the earth, he has chosen by his will and his sovereign choice to do it through his body, and there's no other body. <laughs> that means if we don't do it, then it's gonna be sketch. Now I know you might be thinking, man, does that mean I have to do it? Does that mean I have to share the gospel, that I have to be there to pray for my friends? Well, let's see what the Bible says. Romans 10, 14 and 15, going to read out the Passion Translation, because it's cool. It says, but, and it's fresh, but how can people call on him for help if they've not yet believed? Talking about people calling to Jesus for help. It says, and how can they believe in one they've not yet heard of? And how can they hear the message of life if there is no one there to proclaim it? And how can the message be proclaimed if the messengers have yet to be sent? And let me tell you something. It's clear in this passage that A, the messengers are sent, and B, the messengers are humans. It's definitely humans. It even quotes a verse from Psalms speaking about the humans and the beautiful messengers that come proclaiming the message of life. So I think Jesus, by his sovereign choice, says, I will work through my body. I will work through you. I want to heal that person, but I'm only going to do it through my hands. And Jesus is the head. 
So we need to lay hands on people and pray for healing. We need to start sharing with them. Whether you're a man or a woman in here right now, (laughs) and there's really only two options. Sorry, people. I don't know if I just offended somebody. But whether you're a man or a woman in here, like Queen Esther in the Bible, Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart saying, how do you not know that you were created for such a time as this? That you are the man or woman of the hour. There, there's just a whole lot of things going on right there. So I'm just going to bring you a quote. There's this leader in the body of Christ. She's a powerful woman who is a leader of church movements up in Northern California. Her name's Havila Cunnington. She, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on in the crowd right now. I don't know if that made it to the podcast, but something is happening over here on this side of the room. Okay. I think Diana loves Havila Cunnington. Okay. So the quote is, I'm not even going to read this quote. I'm going to tell you why, because I've memorized it. So it says, the fact is, the fact that you've been born, oh, frick. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay. The, I'm not going to do it because this is one of my favorite quotes in the whole world. It says, the fact that you are alive today is evidence that this generation is in need of your burdens, your talents, and your gifts. And I was sitting right there in those chairs, and we were watching on the screen. That's not what was on the screen, but we were watching on the screen Havila Cunnington, this moral revolution video. And when she said those words, something broke inside of me. The fact that I'm alive right now is evidence that this generation needs me. And let me tell you something. We need you. And like Joel said, we need you to be pure. Not because it's just like the Holy Spirit God thing to do, right? Because that's how we really connect with each other. And that's how we get to be ourselves. There's a reward for being pure. It's not just there's 75 things I've decided and resolved in my life not to do. And 137 things I've resolved and decided I am going to do on a consistent basis. It really is that there's a reward from living pure. I want to challenge you guys even to think for a moment. I'm not just trying to name bomb here. But even just thinking for a moment, what would our community be like if someone like Mitchell was gone? What would our community be like if someone like Taylor Noble was gone? Do you understand how crucial a part that they played, the mark that they've left on people? My life would not be in the same place today if I wasn't friends with Mitchell. And that's why I bring you up. Sorry to name bomb you, bro. But seriously, this community is not the same because of your presence. And I I really believe that about so many of the different ones here. You know, my life is not the same after Taylor Noble's prayers, okay? And let me tell you, chances are she might be praying for you, okay? (laughs) She's one of our fearless crux leaders, dude. She is going to find you and pray for you. Okay, so I just want to challenge you guys that there is an integral part that you play in this community. Whether you feel like it was some cosmic accident that you made it here, we need you now. (laughs) And I need people like this in my life to be friends. You know, I could study the Bible that's like, that's not how I want to say it. I could study the Bible for countless hours. I could become an expert in the word. And there are experiences that I would never have. I will never have the story that you have. No matter how much I study the Bible. No matter what I do. I will never have your story. Do you understand how valuable the story is that Joel is carrying inside of him? Did you guys see the power of that? I mean, this man is a good speaker. and He got some Bible verses. <laughs> and these days, that's, that's really good. You know what I'm saying? So he got some really good stuff in there. But his story is powerful. And no one else has it. No one else has it. And so 
Yeah, sure, let's read that verse. So Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says something like, this is the David Knox paraphrase or David Knox annotated version, that translation, right? Uh, Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says something like, a three-strung cord is not easily broken, and that even if a man falls, if there's a second one, he's there to pick him up. But if someone falls alone, who will pick him up? Right, and I think it gives more examples, but that's just crazy, right? And so, <laughs> and so, there are things that you just cannot do without community. Community is not just indispensable and important. You need it to reach your destiny. And so I really want to end with one Bible verse and one quote, and there's enough time to do it, so praise the Lord. So Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 in the NIV. My timer is totally gone. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Okay, good. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3. It's hopefully on the screen. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And I don't have time to go into it now or read all of Ephesians chapter 4, even though it's excessively, awesomely good. But I taught a sermon on a missions trip to Azusa in Los Angeles about how Ephesians 4 is clear and it thoroughly convinces the believer that the Holy Spirit only flows in the place of unity. The Holy Spirit only flows from that place of community where there is unity and there is peace and gentleness. And so you cannot reach your destiny, the goals that God has for your life, without the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will not have access to that well and that river in a community that is disunified or in the absence of a community entirely. So we're going to read this quote by C.S. Lewis. This quote is insane. It is super long. There is no reason that you should feel the need to track along with me. I'm going to read this quote to you. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. But this, I'm just going to summarize some things from this quote that are good. So in friendship, this is C.S. Lewis, right? You know, the guy who wrote Narnia. It's from the four love. Four loves is what the book is called. It says, in friendship, we think that we have chosen our peers. We think we choose our friends. But in reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised or not raised at the first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies. Woo! <laughs> That's Jesus. <laughs> Has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, ye have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. And so Jesus Christ himself, he chose his disciples, not just the ones who follow him, but the ones to be in community with each other, okay? And so, man, he says so many more things that are really good, right? But basically what I want to end with is... Such a crazy story. Um, <laughs> so C.S. Lewis, this is a crazy story, but I want to I show you guys this encouraging. So C.S. Lewis is in a group of three friends, and one of the friends dies. They're all getting older, right? And when the friend dies, his, the surviving friend really clings to him, and they really start spending tons of time together. And you would think these two friends that start clinging to each other would get much closer. But C.S. Lewis laments and says, we didn't really get closer. There was a part of me that wasn't complete without the third friend, and there was a part of my friend that was just gone. He never acted the same. He never behaved the same. And so I know it's kind of a heavy thing to talk about, but there is such an important part that you play, and I would not act the same. I would not do the same things during my sermon. I would not say the same things. I would not be the same man without you guys in my life, without you cheering me on, without you praying for me. And I know it's deep, but I just want to say that we, we need you. 
so badly. And your presence adds so much. I have been a man who was suicidal in the past, but you are not a burden and your presence is so needed. And some people experience the hard way, like C.S. Lewis, and they start to realize, man, that person was so important to our lives. There was no amount of time that we could spend together as friends that would replace that one person being in our life. And so I know it's crazy to say, but it's important to come to Crux, guys. I don't want to convict you, but it's important to come to Crux. It's important to come to Hangouts. It's important to pray for each other, to reach out to your friends, to hang out with your friends. It's important to have those one-on-one meetings after this moment. And it changes everything. And I will never reach my destiny without you guys. I cannot do it. I'm extremely talented. I have the Holy Spirit of God that can raise people from the dead, and I cannot do it. I could study the Word of God for thousands of years, and he would, I would never get the revelation. He'll speak to you. And I won't make it without that revelation. I won't make it without knowing your story. I won't make it without your prayers. <laughs> and so whatever it looks like, guys, even if you don't have the official title, I am the cleanup person. I am the <laughs> you know, producer. I am this leader, that leader. You're part of this community, and we need you. And so I know it's kind of deep, but we're going to move into a time of small groups, but I'm just going to pray us out. God, I just thank you so much for the word that Joel was carrying. We just thank you for the impartation that we all received from his story. And I just pray, God, that for each and every one here, that you would just pour out your Holy Spirit of comfort and that your spirit would actually bind us together, that it would unify us, that even those places where people are different than me and I don't know how to relate, that your spirit would come in and say, I connect everyone. I connect you to them even that person you don't understand. Holy Spirit, help us not just to understand the word of God, but to understand and live in peace with each other. Holy Spirit, please help us through these discussion questions. This is crazy. So we just thank you in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.